Hi, I'm Peter from Papyrus. And for today's Hopecast, we're joined by Andy Airy, Mike Palmer and Tim Owen, the three dads walking. United by the tragic deaths of their daughters, the three dads walked more than 300 miles in 2021 to raise vital awareness and funds for Papyrus. In 2022, they plan to double that and walk more than 600 miles. We caught up with them via Zoom just as they were preparing to take on another incredible challenge. To find out more about the Three Dads Walking and to follow their journey, visit their website www.3dadswalking.uk or their Twitter page at Three Dads Walking. To donate, simply text Three Dads to 70085. I'm delighted to reintroduce Andy Airy, Mike Palmer and Tim Owen. Last year, you walked 300 miles between your homes in Cumbria, Greater Manchester and Norfolk. Predictably, you got the blisters and predictably you got the aching legs, but we didn't predict the overwhelming support that you guys received along the way. So, Andy, starting with you, what do you remember most about the 2021 walk? um the people really um and it was it was fantastic the places we got to and the things we saw but every day we were talking to such a, a myriad of people a lot of suicide bereaved parents came and shared their stories with us or, or people who'd been touched by suicide in other ways but then folk who committed to look after us um and put us up in accommodation and feed us along the way or folk who just appeared out of their houses and dragged us in for cups of coffee and cake it was it was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal mike the actor daniel craig donated ten thousand pounds literally as your walk was about to start that was followed you know a few weeks later when nicole kidman donated ten thousand pounds towards the end of the walk and to date the three of you have raised more than eight hundred and eighty thousand pounds you know mike that's just extraordinary isn't it yeah it's just um holding an extraordinary experience uh we never foresaw it getting as big as it did but uh, obviously uh, daniel craig's nicole kidman and lou macari never forget lou macari that they they helped raise our profile massively but as andy said every day was different the extraordinary people that we met the wonderful people that we met as well who'd been you know bereaved by suicide lost their children lost relatives you know coming out it was uh, yeah from the first footstep it was extraordinary really was tim bbc breakfast news was with you virtually every step of the way media coverage you know was local it was national it was international it was global i don't think you guys ever said no to a single media interview on that walk so clearly you you valued that attention it was a way of promoting our story and what we were trying to do none of us had ever anticipated the media attention we were going to get we weren't really trained for it we just made it up on the spot (laughs) which (laughs) that's about the media training that we get but 
it was it was incredible to think that there was so much attention on these three middle-aged blokes because that doesn't normally happen and I think it was just because we were so upfront about what we'd been through and how passionate we were about suicide prevention and just trying to stop other people going through what we'd been through and I think that just drew people towards us and as I say we got no idea it was going to be like that before we started. Just staying with you, Tim, for a moment. I seem to remember that you mentioned at Emily's funeral. I think it's it was thoughts or a fear that your wife shared with you, a fear that people would soon forget about Emily, would soon forget your daughter. And, you know, Emily, Sophie, Beth, they're clearly not forgotten, are they, as a result of what you guys have done? No, and I think for us as a family and for, for Mike and Helen as well, because our daughters had their funerals during lockdown we only had respected both Mike and I only had six people at our daughter's funerals and we didn't have a wake there was nothing all those rituals and ceremonies that we normally have around a death they weren't there so that kind of didn't aid the grieving process and I know after we came back my wife said to me you know no one will remember Emily in a year's time and that was one of the kind of things that planted a little seed in my my, my mind that I needed to to do something. Andy you know that no amount of walking, no amount of fundraising will ever bring Sophie back. Walking with Mike and Tim, you know, that's giving you a pathway. There's a journey there. You're helping each other along. But they also say, you know, two's company, three's a crowd. <laughs> oh, dear. What goes on the walk stays on the walk. Is that right, lads? <laughs> no, it, it was really good the three of us worked well together and kept each other going but in all honesty there weren't very many times where it was just the three of us it, you know cause we were joined by people so many times and so you know from first thing in the morning to last thing at night yeah so it was we didn't just have to rely on each other but i think we we, we, we coped admirably we, we didn't fall out much did we mike <laughs> uh, a cuddle a cuddle can cure everything though it right yeah i mean i mean mike perhaps you can explain that when you've been joined by so many bereaved parents so many people who've lost a loved one to suicide how did that make you feel was it a kind of a sharing of grief a sort of you know a massive illustration of the fact that you're not on your own that's precisely it you are not on your own what we obviously what we carry our own grief very heavily however when you're sharing it with someone else it's it's almost as if we for me anyway so just put it to one side just for a bit you know and listen because the people who joined us that they were lovely people they were normal people who'd been so hurt so hurt and to listen to what they had to say it was it was literally an an honor it really was but yeah that's precisely it you feel as though you're not alone. And I'm learning this more and more at the moment because, you know, I'm speaking to so many bereaved parents just at the moment in the, in the build-up to the uh, UK 2022 walk. And it's so important to people as well. It feels as though they're not alone. Of course, a lot of people have also said that what you were doing was enabling conversations about suicide to take place in households right across the UK. Conversations which, for whatever reason, wouldn't have happened or couldn't have happened. Is it possible to say whether you believe that those conversations saved lives when you were out on the road? It's hard to say, but I know we opened up that opportunity and we had people on the way telling us that it was they, they'd have conversations that they'd never had with their children. I'm talking young children, and I'm talking 10, 11, 12 over the breakfast table. 
in a very safe and kind of, you know, what's those three blokes on the telly for? And explaining that they'd lost their daughters and their daughters no longer wanted to be here. Andy, I, I kind of missed something along the way. I'm not quite sure where and when I missed it. But, but at what point did your 2021 walk take on an extra dimension? Suddenly, it wasn't just about trying to walk around 20 miles a day. It wasn't just about raising money for papyrus. It wasn't just about raising um, awareness of suicide prevention. It suddenly became a campaign, a personal campaign, a crusade for suicide prevention to be added to the school curriculum. I mean, where did that come from? Well, it actually started before we, we walked, and it was a conversation I had with Gregor, our son. Uh, he was 18 when Soph took her own life um, and had just started university. And uh, in the aftermath of, of losing Sophie, one of the conversations that we had, uh, he said to me about the PSHE uh, lessons that he'd gone through at, at the school he'd been at, you know, and pointed out that an hour a week was given up to something that wasn't to do with the academic uh, curriculum. And he said, how many times did I come home every Wednesday afternoon and say, that's another hour of my life I'm not going to get back? Why, why didn't somebody tell us that suicide to be as killer of young people you know or give us some kind of clue why why anyway so we had that conversation before the walk so that kind of planted a seed but what happened during the walk was every single day and i mean every day we were joined by several suicide bereaved parents who all said similar things they told a very terrible tragic tale of losing their their loved ones in in lots of different sets of circumstances but they all they went on to say it was only after we lost our child that we found papyrus existed the suicide prevention charity and it was only after finding papyrus that we discovered that suicide is the biggest killer of under 35s in the uk why didn't anybody tell us and and when you had that question being asked time after time after time combined with this comment that gregor had made before the walk it was like well yeah, why doesn't anybody actually talk about this with to the people who are directly affected, young people, young uh, going through their school years and young adults? If that's the biggest killer of young people, surely we should have got to talk about it. So it just by the time we got into the second week, I think we got a, we built up a bit of a, a head of steam, like a right righteous indignation or anger even, um, and that kind of carried us on to the end of the walk and um, encouraged us to reach out and contact the government once we got finished. And, then, and and since then, Mike, of course, you've met with ministers, you've met with politicians. I mean, are they just being polite yeah. or are they really listening to you? Are they taking you three dads seriously? Well, <laughs> that remains to be seen, doesn't it? That remains to be seen. But the whole point of uh, the 2022 walk, of course, is we're walking for a month and we're going to be talking for a month so we are getting contact by um you know politicians mps and whatever i won't go through all the all the names but there is contact there so they are listening so whether they put anything into action remains to be seen but it's a no-brainer isn't it you know it, it, if we equip our young people with the life skills they need surrounding suicide, as you say, this is this is their biggest danger. You know, it, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? This is what education's about. So we equip our young people with these life skills to carry on through the rest of their lives to protect themselves and others. You know, it's not all about academic qualifications. It's a no-brainer, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people get that.
Well, thanks for bringing us to the 2022 walk. I was thinking to myself, Tim, if you were a rock band or a comedian, your tour would probably have a title. So I, I, I thought about it. Could we call it the Three Dads Walking Unfinished Business? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to call it Three Dads Walking Finished Business, and that would be lovely by the end of it. Uh, that would be that would be brilliant. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's going to be an epic, and it, it's obviously double the distance of our last, double the time, and and so hopefully we'll meet double the people, if not more. As, as we go along the way and, and we know we've already got a bit of a head of steam we can see that from the people that are already contacting us from all sorts and, and this is the the one thing that suicide's a horrible subject but in this with what's going on in society and in the world at the moment suicide prevention should be and seems to be the one thing that unites everyone from all political parties beliefs just whatever part of society you're from you don't want your young people to be killing themselves and it seems to me that we've kind of we're doing that unite uniting people we're we're not trying to put divide in society we're not trying to you know annoy anyone we just want to talk openly about it and get people united by come on as a society let's do that suicide prevention thing and that's that's the core of it and it, it goes down to all the people that are offering to help us and are supporting us every single one of those some of them strangers some of them friends some of them friends from a very long time ago as soon as they hear our story and as soon as they hear what we're trying to do Every single one of them stands up, says, how can we help? What can we do to help and stuff? So suicide prevention is something that unites us. And, and we've got a kind of that's a real strength of it, which is a which is a positive. And just staying with you, Tim, um, the route, as you've already said, takes in the parliaments uh, of yeah. all four nations. So that's significant on its own, is it? You're taking your campaign to the decision makers. Yeah, well, we, we were approached by a doctor in Scotland at the end of the last walk. In fact, it was on the 31st of December last year. And, and he said that, he just emailed us and said, you know, it's not just a problem in England. It's a problem across all, all four nations. And seeing as that's where Papyrus works, it just seemed sensible to, you know, have a route across all four nations. And if you're going to walk between all four nations, then what better place than the seats of power in all four nations? Because that's, they're the people that, the people who hold the power that can unlock this and potentially save lives. And they are listening from all four seats of power. We've got people who are listening or joining us. So everything seems to be very positive about it. You know, we all know that money isn't everything, um, but, you know, we can't ignore the fact that you've almost raised a million pounds. Andy, is that just one more reason, one other reason for putting your boots back on to smash that one million pounds? Well, without doubt, it's a, it's a fantastic in- incentive to get out and do it again. It was quite quite odd, actually. Right from my original involvement in with virus after we lost Sophie, by myself, I raised several tens of thousands of pounds. And during that process, I I realised the money was a byproduct. It was a spreading the way of word and raising awareness and all that. And that's what I'd said to Mike and Tim before we did the walk last year that the money's a byproduct. <laughs> but what a byproduct it's turned into! Yeah. We were completely blown away by how much money we raised and obviously from papyrus's point of view it's it's enabled to kind of supercharge the uh, plans for growth and change within the the charity so yeah it's, it's massively important that we do we do need to keep remembering to talk about the fundra- fundraising side as well rather than just get stuck on the campaigning stuff because I'm right in thinking, uh, uh, remembering, I think, that you you sort of nominally thought you might raise £3,000 each. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. No, t- Tim was too scared to put anything higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd suggested it was going to be a bit higher, but, but when, then once it got to, I can't remember where we, we got to, didn't we? And then we went, I managed to persuade you two to get it to £10,000 each. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we left it at that and just let it run away. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I, I, I think you'd all probably agree that you're you are in a sense walking into the unknown this time, though. In terms of um, the distance, you're going to be out there for a, for a, for a month. The fitness question, um, you know, cast your mind back to when you finished um, in Norfolk last time. If I'd have said to you, okay, right, you need to go off and do that again, because that's essentially what you're doing. You're just repeating it. Would you have? Had, would you have had the energy? Would you have had the fitness? Yes. Yeah. It, it would have been a definite yes. We knew when we crossed the line that yeah. basically there was still unfinished business. What <laughs> that wasn't the last tour. But, but <laughs> no, no. I think because of it was extraordinary to get to Shoulder, and obviously when there's a pub at the end of it, that's even better. <laughs> but, uh, but but I think we would have kept walking. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I don't know what our wives would have thought, but there we are. <laughs> there, were, there were lots of things along the way that, as I say, we didn't we didn't predict. We wouldn't have perhaps predicted that all three of you would pick up a great outdoors reader award, that Mike, you'd collect a Pride of Manchester award, that Tim, you and your daughter Evie would receive local hero awards in Norfolk. What does that sort of recognition, community or recognition, mean to each of you, Andy? Um it's just, I suppose, reassuring that what we're doing is being recognised as as positive and good. Um, it's certainly not anything that we we didn't talk about that kind of thing as we walked along. You know, it just didn't even cross our minds that that could happen. But uh, no, it'd be fantastic to be recognised to to be contributing. Yeah, we're really really pleased with it. But Tim, you'd, you'd probably prefer to be a dab than a local hero, I guess. Any of us could turn the clock back and get our three daughters back. We'd much prefer to be doing that, but we can't change what's gone behind us. All we can do is influence what's ahead of us. And like you say, the, the, the local hero stuff is lovely. It's absolutely lovely. It's lovely to be recognised. It's lovely to know that people are listening and uh, uh, listen to our stories and why, why we're walking. But that's not the reason for doing it. The reason doing it is to prevent suicide, to, to, to spread that suicide prevention awareness and, and to raise some funds for papyrus, you know, so, yeah, humbling, and it is humbling because some of the people, the other people that have been put up for awards, they're incredible people, absolutely incredible people who have been through so much, many of them. And to be seen kind of alongside them, is, it is humbling, that's all it is. There's, there's always good banter around you three as well, and I thought it was rather nice when Mike collected his Pride of Manchester award and somebody said it just made him sound like a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> tricky question to to each of you. What what do you hope your your legacy will be? You know, after after the the, the next walk, when that challenge is done, what are you really hoping um, the legacy, your lasting legacy, will, will will be? Mike, if you could start with that. Sophie, Emily, and Beth, could they have been saved? I think so. That there's a chance, and if we can prevent more kids, more young people taking their own lives by raising this awareness, by, you know, raising money for papyrus, helping Hopeline, teaching people how to reach out. Well, there's a legacy there. They'll Mm. never forget. Hopefully they'll never forget Sophie, Emily and Beth, will they? Mm. 
Andy? Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? It is, it would, you know, thinking back to when Mike first suggested that this was a, a good idea when we were out the first day we met and went for a walk ourselves. Um, you know, it was the thought that we, we could actually be talking at the level that we we're getting to at the moment is flipping amazing. You know, the, the one thing I think we did see last year was because of the openness that we showed and the fact that we're three blokes talking openly yeah. about such uh, emotional and traumatic um, subject, mm-hmm. it allowed so many people to talk themselves. I think Tim was saying earlier on about families uh, coming back to us to say that they'd, um, you know, because what we were doing, it created a safe space for others to talk. It'd be fantastic if that carries on, you know, if we create and create more awareness, as, as uh, Mike was saying, and just that ability to have really difficult conversations, because when it comes down to it, whether it's the, the subject of suicide prevention or suicide awareness is brought up within the family home or at school, it's going to be a real challenging conversation. But I'll tell you what, I would rather have had that conversation with Sophie when she was alive than stand up at a funeral and give a eulogy. And Tim? I think it's, as um, I told us to do, if other people can learn from it, and the legacy is to try and get something positive out of something so dreadful that happens. Um, when suicide hits your family, you, you're so isolated uh, until you meet other dads or other people like Andy and Mike. And so the legacy for me would be, you know, absolutely fantastic if we could get it on the PSE stroke, RHE curriculum, suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. Because as Mike's already alluded to, if we can train our young people how to deal with those dark thoughts, that's a skill they'll have when they're in their early teens and they'll carry it through life. And not only will it stop some, not all, but some young people taking their own lives, they'll carry those skill set into middle age and old age, which has got to be positive to give those people, those adults now, those skill set. So that would be a fantastic legacy if we can get something changed. I was I was having a quick look um, at your Three Dads Walking website where you're detailing um, the latest walk, the 2022 walk, and you even you even um, disclosing that you've gone into meticulous planning this time, which I'm absolutely <laughs> sure you have. Um, Not we, me, those <laughs> do. Yeah. <laughs> please, please tell us that you're repeating one of the big successes of last time. That there's a tracker where people can follow you. Yeah, trackers trackers uh, booked, ordered, and. Uh, so as soon as we start walking, we'll turn it on. So anybody will be able to follow us and our progress in real time. And what we found last year, it just made it so easy for people to come and intercept us. Um, it was great. What a fantastic tool that is. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as you've said, you know, right from the beginning, very, very beginning, you're doing this one step at a time. You know, as three ordinary dads, you continue to achieve truly extraordinary things in terms of suicide awareness and prevention and what you're doing for for, uh, Papyrus. Everybody at the charity wishes you well and good luck. I hope you have an absolutely splendid time. Good luck, guys. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks We'll see you on the route. You will.
Thank you so much for listening to Papyrus Hopecast and for your part in making suicide part of the conversation. Sometimes listening to these stories can be difficult. If you're a young person struggling with thoughts of suicide or if you're worried about a young person, you can contact Hopeline UK on 0800 068 4141 via text on 078600 or via email on pat at papyrus-uk.org.